Here we go. We're going to get kooky. <laughs> hip, hop, hook, hap, happy, hippie, witchy, dop, bitchy, witch, witchy, witch, we do it every day. Hey, magic with a K. Treating naysayers to some sass. Teaching witch haters they can kiss our ass. We know as above, so below, so we go. To know, to dare, to will, to be. Shh. Magic's not a destination, it's our natural orientation. Magic's who we are, made of space, you're a star. Magic's what we do, me and you. Whoop-a-doo! Hippie Witch, season two. Man, that, that was a good one. <laughs> Hi! Hello, are you still with me? Thanks for joining me for episode 453 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age, season two. Season two, whoop-a-doo! <laughs> Oh my gosh. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the groovy creatrix behind Kick-Ass Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find a link to today's special guest and patron of the month, Vivian Spiral. Vivian is amazing. I strongly urge you to go check check out, check out, check out the links. Check out the links so that you can get a visual to go with the conversation that's about to happen because she's a circus performer, okay? She's a movement magician, a flow artist and what she does is going to blow your mind she is amazing and I made a decision very recently I announced it here that I'm not going to excessively ramble at the beginning of formal interviews anymore and that I would let myself I'd give myself some wiggle room for the patron of the month episodes and I would just like ramble freely but I'm going to restrain myself today as well, partly because it's late at night. I'm trying to get this thing up before I go to bed because tomorrow on Twitter, Black Lives Matter, people are asking in relation to the hashtag Black Lives Matter that we all have a blackout and white people step aside for one day to not tweet or to retweet to amplify the voices of people of color for one day. And I thought, you know, I was going to post my podcast tomorrow, which I totally was going to do. And as today was starting to come to an end, I started thinking, I don't think I should wait till tomorrow. I don't want to be on social media posting this thing when people are trying to have a moment. So I'm racing to get it up tonight before I go to bed. Tomorrow is May 31st. It's the last day of May, FYI. And the whole world is freaking out right now. I think it's a good thing. I think that what is happening, if you're listening to this in the future and you're like, what are you talking about, lady? I'm talking about the Black Lives Matter protests that are now going on all around the world. It started in the United States and has now moved up to Canada, Berlin, London, 
it's going around the world. It's been going on now, I think, for four days. We're going into our fifth day tomorrow. It is very violent in some areas. I like taking my son to protests, and he actually loves it. But we will definitely be sitting this out. People are getting really violent. People are getting hurt. People are losing their lives. And I am not going to put my son in danger that way. But I have so much respect for the people who are there. I think 99% of the people who show up for these things come in peace. They just want to be seen and heard. They want to stand in solidarity. Or they just want to stand up for themselves. And I think it's a good thing that we have the technology we have today. It's paradoxical, actually. It's good and bad, like all things are, right? But it's actually become this spotlight, a beacon, shining a light, a bright light onto the cultural shadow of racism. And it's been really enlightening for me as a white person to see these videos of violence perpetrated against black people who are either innocent or just committing some minor crime that definitely does not deserve physical violence, much less death. It's shocking, but illuminating. And this is nothing new. It's something that I think we've all been aware of to one degree or another exists in our country, but actually seeing it day after day online and another video and yet another video and yet another video, it's like, whoa, no wonder people are so pissed and scared for their kids. It's so sad. And so I really think it's not that racism is getting worse. It's that we're just exposing it now and you know we're we're shining light on it so that we can heal this thing and so anybody who feels triggered by this or upset by it i would encourage you just to kind of sit with that and let those feelings be maybe explore them a bit journal about them because you gotta feel to heal and and this is the opportunity for that and you know this show is such a goofy mixed bag because this to me is something that is important I'm speaking from my heart right now it matters a lot to me as I know it matters so much to you all and then we have this opening with me being an absolute goofball I want to be very very clear about something I know (laughs) I know that the new season two intro is a hot mess it is chaotic it is corny as hell but you know what I had so much fun recording it my son helped me record it I used just a couple of vocal tracks a wine glass, and a pair of scissors. (laughs) I was like, ding, ding, like hitting the wine glass lightly, obviously, with the side of the scissors. And just just being a nut is so goofy. And that is who I am at home. That is, I actually wanted to do a rap. I, I wanted to come on here and make for you like a rap, <laughs> a hippie witch rap. But as I was recording it, I just sound, I just am not that cool. 
I don't have that kind of voice. I am very, very goofy. So I was like, let's scrap that and let's just make something goofy like I would do, like I do every night in the kitchen when I'm making dinner and I'm just like making Tanner's dinner, making Tanner's dinner. I was like, let's just let's just do that because <laughs> that's really who I am. So I recorded the thing. I'm going to put this at the beginning of every season two episode knock on wood i feel very nervous about it but i'm gonna do it because i had fun i hope that it makes you smile i was feeling kind of nervous about it right before i sat down to record this and so i went and like peeked at twitter i don't i just love twitter i think you know that about me now like twitter is is my comfy happy social media place and Callie Schuler tagged me on Twitter right before right before I sat down to do this to talk with you all. She tagged me in a post that says this. I'm going to read this because this is the post that gave me the extra boost of courage I needed to be like, yes, that weird ass intro is going to stand and I'm and I, and that's it. That's the season 2 intro. She said Literally only back on here to follow Joanna DeVoe because I'm obsessed with her podcast, Hippie Witch, most inspirational, funny, and free woman ever. (laughs) Thank you so much, Callie. I am probably not that, but definitely aspire to be that. So you made me very happy. I definitely want to be free more free every single day that is the goal and when I saw that it was so perfect for that moment of standing on the precipice being like am I gonna jump am I gonna jump am I gonna do this I think I'm gonna do this (laughs) and and I did it here we are now I did it I did it I was just talking to my friend Molly who I know a lot of you absolutely adore Molly Roberts we were talking behind the scenes And I was, I think I was talking about like recording the intro to my podcast. It was, it was a few weeks ago. And I was saying something about how I don't profess to be a good singer. I just love singing. Like I do it all the time. And Molly has an amazing voice. She was the front woman for Tiger Night, which is, I don't know if they're permanently disbanded or on a long hiatus, but She's the front woman of Tiger Night. If you've ever heard Tiger Night, you know what kind of voice Molly has. So I'm confiding this in her like, I know I don't sound like you, okay? I was in a band. I've been singing my whole life. I grew up singing in the church, but I just don't have a beautiful, compelling singing voice. But I have a love of singing. It brings me great joy. And then Molly kind of thought for a minute and she's like, yeah, like, Dancing is like that for me. I basically suck at it, but I do it all the time because I love it. She compared herself to like, I don't know, like an awkward antelope or something. She gave a good visual that cracked me up. (laughs) But I'm sharing that with you because it's actually fitting for today, for today's conversation with Vivian Spiral, because we're talking about following your bliss and tapping into childlike joy we're largely going to be talking about getting into a flow state. But I do think that 
not everything has to be monetized. You don't have to be pro-level at everything to enjoy it, to express yourself, to share who you really are. And there's a quote that I love that I drug out because I've been thinking a lot about this lately. I'm, I'm, I've been doing a lot of soul searching, kind of flying under the radar. I haven't been on Instagram in a very long time. I took a longer hiatus from the podcast than I thought I would. I even took a little break from Twitter, which is very unusual for me. Just reorienting myself to like, what am I doing here? Why do I do the podcast? What do I want to do with it? How am I going to balance this now with pursuing a career as an author, which is happening this year I'm very excited I will let you know as that as that unfolds but I was thinking about joy and I was remembering how when I really got into the Harry Potter series I don't know if you all remember me talking about it here I was obsessed with it and I was trying to figure out like why is this so damn good for me it really got good book three on Book one and book two, they were good. But when I hit book three, I was like, this is brilliant. Once I start having this is brilliant thoughts about a piece of fiction, and I'm, I start going, why? Why? And it occurred to me, it's because she is having a blast. J.K. Rowling loves this shit. <laughs> she loves this world. It's her joy. It's her pleasure. She's happy to be there. She didn't suffer through giving us Harry Potter. She gave it to herself first. Enjoy as a gift. And I recently interviewed C.L. Polk, the author of Witchmark. If you haven't read it yet, you are totally missing out. I've gotten quite a few emails from those of you who have read it and said that you loved it. And we read it for the book club over on Patreon and loved it over there. It's so good. But you could really hear it in her voice when I was interviewing her. And she just outright said like that she loves writing. She thinks it's fun. And I'm like, yes, yes. Everything I'm doing now needs to be that. And if it's not, I need to make it that. I need to find a way to make it joyful for myself or let it go. And so this quote that I've been literally holding in my hand here during this little rant is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. You might recognize part of it because part of it gets passed around on the internet a lot, but I'm going to read the whole dang paragraph because I love it. Enthusiasm is one of the most powerful engines of success. When you do a thing, do it with all your might. Put your whole soul into it. Stamp it with your own personality. Be active. Be energetic. Be enthusiastic and faithful, and you will accomplish your object. Nothing great was ever achieved without enthusiasm. And, and, and when I think of success and something great, it's not necessarily something that you make money doing. It could be a protest, bringing this back around to the protest. Like, if you're going to show up to one of those things... Do it because you have a real connection to what you're standing there for. Why are you there? 
You're there because you love your fellow human beings. You're there because you care about people. You're there because you want us all to be free and equal and for no mother or father to ever have to send their kid off to school or work and worry that they're not going to make it home at the end of the day because of some random act of violence because maybe they were wearing a hoodie and it was dark outside stuff like that like connect with the love of it even the joy of it I think sometimes just the freedom that we can protest in this country I live in the United States that we can protest that we can voice our opinions online that's pretty cool not everybody can do that particularly if you go back through history so For me, what Vivian has to say in this interview is just so resonant with what I'm feeling, with with what I'm feeling lately. And I have found, too, that I really love doing this public podcast because I love interviewing people, shining a light on people that I find really interesting. And then I have what I have created that is giving me great joy are these concentric layers of intimacy. And Patreon has allowed me to do that. So I have like the tribe tier where you can join for $1 and then you can participate in the book club and all the conversations over on Discord and all the events that I have, like that I host through Zoom and I make a video for that tier once a month. I just make it as easy as possible for people to hop over that paywall, like $1 a month. It's the lowest bar I think that Patreon allows, but it's really just about trust. And so I don't mind offering a lot of value for a dollar a month because that's really what I used to offer publicly and I'm just sort of going within more and looking to serve deeper not necessarily wider if that makes sense I'm happy if the podcast continues to grow organically but I don't have this kind of manic need to build the brand and to spread the word of Hippie Witch. I'm just like, I love this crowd of people and I really want to dive deep and connect personally and get to know everyone. So that's why that is set up like that. And then there's like, other tiers right then there's the five dollar tier the brave and then there's the witchy writer's journey podcast which is another a whole layer of vulnerability for me because I've been tracking my journey of getting ready to launch a second career as an author and then now we have the dream team and I love it I love getting to know people on a personal intimate level particularly because it allows me to feel a little more safe than just sort of like sharing myself (laughs) publicly (laughs) I've thought a lot about the vulnerability of that and how I definitely want to show up in a public way and I, I plan to continue to do so but I don't need to be on every single social media platform and I don't need to share every aspect of my life, which I haven't done anyway at any point. I've always, 
you know, been pretty selective about what parts of my life I share. I don't come on here, for example, and share all the drama that's going on in my family. Not that there is drama, but if there was, I wouldn't share it with you. (laughs) I make a conscious decision to be someone to, like, when I show up on Twitter, I only show up when I'm feeling good, happy, joyful, and in the mood to uplift other people. If I'm having a shitty day, I don't show up. And, you know, it makes it tricky during times like what we're going through right now where there's a lot of anger and sadness going around. I don't necessarily want to be there being like, yee-hee, hippie-hippie. But on the other hand, kind of I do. Like I want to offer a balance and a joy. So it's it's a, it's a balancing act for sure. Um, and I feel like we're starting to get into to dangerous rambling territory here. So let me thank new patrons and then we'll roll into this interview with Vivian and start talking about how to get into a flow state, why you want to be in a flow state, how flow art is a kind of performance magic. I We're going to talk about magic. And I hope during this ramble, you've had a chance to at least look at a picture of what Vivian do, does so that you can kind of have a visual in your mind while we're talking. But first, let me thank the very nice people that are helping the kid and I keep the lights on and keeping the podcast going. So thank you to new patrons Oh, where did I leave off last? I don't know if I left off last with Morgan. Did I say thank you, Morgan? Thank you, Morgan, twice if I already said thank you. Thank you, Kristen Harrell, Millie Orozco. Orozco? Sorry, Millie. (laughs) Sue Kovacs, Alexi, Vivian, Jade Duggins, and... Ray Mason. Oh, Vivian. I've been seeing you on Discord, Vivian. You are new. And I was confusing you with Vivian Spiral, who we're talking with today. There are two Vivians on Discord now. I get it. I get it. Okay, so Jay Duggins and Ray Mason. Thank you all. Thank you to anybody who has ever supported the podcast over on Patreon. I really appreciate it. It's a good time over there. Another way that I like to show up on a more intimate level is with the newsletters. And I got tons of feedback. I'm so excited about this. I sent a newsletter out. The kid and I did a cemetery tour. We toured our local cemetery here. And I did like a photo journal of that. And I sent that out as a newsletter. And so many of you loved it. Some of you sent pictures of your own cemeteries to me, cemeteries in your neighborhoods. That makes me happy. I love that. And I love that it's not a public blog post. I feel like that is one circle. You know, I was saying these concentric circles, these layers of intimacy. That's a layer. It's free to if you got if you have my hippie witch ebook, which is free, you're on the newsletter list. So just open the newsletters. I do witch reviews where they're basically just link roundups and little photo journals and stuff. It's fun to show up when people are invested at another layer. And I just find I'm putting more and more energy into private shares than I am 
public shares. So if you're like, where have you gone, lady? I literally have gone nowhere. (laughs) I podcast almost every weekend over on Patreon and... I put together these big, long newsletters, so I'm showing up. I'm just doing it less publicly, more privately, because that brings me joy. Also, I just wanted to mention, because Vivian wanted me to mention this, she forgot to talk about it during the interview, is she actually teaches flow art and she paid good money to produce her own dvds and of course everything went digital and so she has like a little library a shop on her website where for not very much money i went to the shop and checked it out they're very very affordable you can take these little digital classes and uh, they're like instructional videos and learn to do what she does my very favorite one is called learn how to wand like a ninja So I just wanted to mention that before we roll into this interview with the very inspiring, magical Vivian Spiral. Hello, Vivian. Welcome to Hippie Witch. Hi there. Thanks for having me. This is a huge honor. And if you would have asked me a month ago why that is, I would not have been able to answer that exactly. But now that I have seen what you do, I am so in awe. I am your number one fan, lady. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, I have to give everyone a little bit of backstory about how we got here today because... I had an event on, I do this on Patreon. I have little YouTube events and you couldn't make it to one. And you're like, because I have this other thing I'm doing with my circus friends. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. How cute, how fun. Like not really thinking much of it. I think at some point I probably told you I was a competitive gymnast when I was a kid, which I was, which now I feel like a fool for telling you now that I see what you can do. Um, And then the next event I had was something called the Beltane Ball. And I asked people on Discord, through Patreon, like, who wants to perform? We're going to do some performances. And you're like, I'll do two. And so I'm thinking also, how, oh, how nice, how nice. (laughs) And then you did this stuff. We were all, our jaws were on the floor. I was amazed. Everyone was amazed. I was like, we're not worthy. Oh my God, what just happened to my brain? So can you please explain what it is that you do so people listening know what the heck I'm going on about? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see. I, uh, I'm a professional performer, like you mentioned, circus artist, and I call myself a flow artist. My specialty is uh, contemporary hoop dance, um, but I also do uh, what's called a flow wand. That was one of the performances I did at the Beltane Ball as well. I do some contact juggling, aerial hoop as well. I kind of added those uh, as I went along my path. Uh, but the first, the first prop was a hoop. And yeah, you know, I'm so glad that some of the magic, if you will, of what I do was able to translate via this uh, video medium because I actually, there's so much of the power and energy that I feel can really only be felt in person that it, it really warms my heart that it's still translated to some degree. I was, I was really trying to kind of make eye contact with the camera because for me, that's such a big, a big part of it, you know, those electric moments of, of connection. Oh my gosh. We felt it. You have 
joy. You have genuine joy in your heart, a love for what you do that absolutely comes through. It was impossible not to smile. <laughs> it was so beautiful. <laughs> and yes, and you, yes. you said the word magic, and I really want to ask you about this because I, I spell magic with a K to differentiate the illusions of stage magic from the kind of magic I'm talking about, which is really transforming your life. But when I experience a performance like the ones that you give, I think, well, this is magic with a K because you literally are transforming an entire audience physiologically. We're sweating. Our hearts are swelling. We're smiling. We're crying. We're feeling all the feels. And then I start thinking, well, actually, there is no distinction between the two when they're done at a level of excellence. Oh, my word. My goodness. Well, yes, you know, there is, especially with live performance, it is so ephemeral. It is so in the moment. And and there is that kind of amplification of, of energy yeah, it's, uh, I'm so glad you felt that. I, I'm so glad you, you I feel really seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you feel what I'm describing in terms of joy and love? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And uh, there's something, you know, I've got, I've got a Leo rising. <laughs> there is something about, I mean, I, I end up doing a lot of practice alone. I've been a solo performer pr- pretty much through my whole career. So I do tons of of practice on my own. And that's really, of course, gratifying. But the moment I have at least one person, I'm I'm often out in a park. Right now I live in Berlin. So when the weather's nice, I'm outside. And, you know, there's something about just if if there's just one person paying attention, it really lights me up and gives that extra, that extra oomph. You know, there's, there's that kind of the sharing of the moment, if you will. It reminds me of the joy that children have when they're going, look at me, mom, look at me, you know, like when they're going <laughs> to do a thing, right? And we lose that. We, lo- we become ashamed of our creative expressions and you somehow have retained this look at me, mom thing that is so fabulous. And for the whole world, you're like, look at me, world. And I think, oh, it's just so inspiring to see someone really in their power like that. And of course it's because you have developed your skill. Like I was saying, Oh, I was a competitive gymnast, which is true. I definitely have an innate talent for dance and movement and a deep love of it, but I have not honed my skill to that degree. I have not kept up with it over the decades like you have. And there's a big distinction there, right? Like I would get up and groove in front of you, but what you're doing I don't even know how you do it, actually. It was like magic because you're moving wands and light <laughs> and hoops, these things. I don't know how you did it. It was sleight of hand or body, I guess I should say, because it's a full body experience. You know, it's, it is. It, it definitely, there is such an amplification. And that was one of the things that I got really excited about so far. One of the things that has kind of uh, flipped my switch the most in terms of diving into my a deeper study of the occult and mysticism and witchcraft is coming across, yeah, this this idea of gnosis and generating power to 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 cast a spell or to work magic or to manifest your intention. And I mean, as soon as I read the description of kind of this. Uh, I guess, exhibitory uh, type of gnosis, I was like, well, I mean, I do that. That's exactly what happens when I, when I drop into the flow state or, or rise into the flow state, if, as, as it were. 
Um, and I just got really excited about already having um, a portal, I guess. I mean, I, when I, when it locks in, you know, there's, there's so many ways you can, you can reach this gnosis. There's so many different ways uh, to go about it, but there's something about this state of flow that happens. That's the synthesis of not only dance and, and music and kind of freeform movement, but I feel like the addition of, of the prop, um, be it the hula hoop or the juggling ball or anything like this, it, it requires another level of concentration and, and oneness with the movement where it is, it's, it's absolutely an instantaneous meditation, but with so much energy and body movement involved, it, it's, it's really so magical. And I'm so, so grateful that it's something that I discovered in my life and, and, and have access to, and, and have also been blessed to share with so many other people. It's really special. And I'm, and I'm so glad I still love it also. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you explain exhibitory gnosis is that what, I've never heard that before it's funny actually I came across that uh, in the inner temple of witchcraft um, it's I guess inhibitory is the idea of kind of going inward with meditation and sort of slowing yourself down but exhibitory is I guess ramping yourself up as it were through you know sort of dance or chanting or or accessing a trance state in that way oh yeah yeah. yes we're doing the inner temple of witchcraft I guess I've just never (laughs) heard anybody just like fit it into a conversation like that it really grabbed me (laughs) and I may have mispronounced it so that could be my bad but yes (laughs) no it's so it's got my mind turning now I love movement Mm. and physical components to a magical practice I feel are not just grounding there's something really creative about it and I need the grounding because I'm such an airhead I'm really intellectual and up in my head all the time so my practice is very much based in movement do you have any thoughts for people that are listening to this going I am not a dancer I'm totally uncoordinated what does this have to do with me (laughs) well I would say well, like I was, like I mentioned in the beginning, my first prop, my first introduction to dance or performance at all was stumbling across a gigantic hula hoop uh, at a string cheese incident show back in like 2001. And uh, they are this jam band that's credited with sort of this resurgence of the hula hoop that's happened over the last couple decades. And the thing that was so special and that allowed me to sort of to find my dance with it was that the hoop, my first hoop was nearly five feet in diameter and about an inch thick and filled with water. And so when you're working with something like that, and it doesn't need to be that big, but as an adult, if you're wanting to come to, to dance with a hoop, if you have a larger one, you can really, you don't have to move nearly as fast. It's a whole different world than what a lot of people might think of with these tiny kind of toy hoops and, and this kind of stuff. And so that, if anyone was interested to discover it, I'd say start yourself off with a, uh, with a big hoop. That's one of the things that's, it's been so, so amazing and so touching to share it. I mean, most of my path has been sharing this art with adults, not so much with children. And that's been so gratifying in its own way because there've been so many adults when they first start to try it, you can see, I mean, I've forged a very different path for myself, but so many people are in a, in a more typical nine to five, a more sedentary lifestyle. 
Um, so you see at first, if, if they're trying something like a hula hoop, which requires some, some core awareness, some movement, and at first you can see, wow, okay, this, this person's not really so connected to their body, but with just a little bit of practice, and you can see them kind of dropping in and opening up, and just the transformation that I've seen at work in so many people's lives, it gives me chills just thinking about it, really. And yeah, so at, at this point, there are so many resources to learn, if anyone's curious, you know, YouTube has tons of lessons I, I do as well, but one of the challenges that a lot of people have with maintaining enough physicality in their lives is that it feels like work. You know, you think of going to the gym or it's, it's kind of maybe this drudgery that's hard to, to fit in, but I don't know. I've, I've experienced sharing this, which is essentially play, you know, just like you said, that cultivation of joy. And so when, when you're teaching adults and sharing with adults and giving people positive affirmation, I think you you would have a lot more success than you than you might imagine if if any of any of the folks listening are are curious to try just it's all about finding the right size hoop (laughs) Mm, cultivation of joy and you brought us all the way back to 2001 so i guess we should pick up that thread and run with it a little (laughs) bit in terms of why why are you doing this how did you get into this and and the whole story lady give it to us yes isn't that the the big why I asked myself that often but yeah you know I stumbled across a hoop like I said at this concert one day and I immediately had this affinity for it you know I I don't I wasn't raised with a formal dance background, but uh, I always loved to move. I was also a cheerleader. I heard you mention that in one of your earlier podcasts that you had a similar history. It was like this permission to dance. You know, it really, you you had to move your body to keep it going. And it's been such an organic, interesting path with it, really. And I was among the first people to, to kind of to take the hoop in particular and to become a professional with it. It led me to starting to make and sell hoops, to teach classes. Within a few years, I was performing. And it, there's something about the hula hoop, you know, at, at this point, there are so many other, there's poi, there's juggling, there's all kinds of different object manipulation things that you could practice. But the hula hoop, I think, because it came about in the 50s, there are a lot of adults that recognize it. So that if you're ever out in public with a hula hoop, there's something so magnetic about it. People are drawn to come up and, and talk to you and try it and, and this kind of thing. And so that, I feel like it was this magnetism and this joy that sort of led me along the path and drew these uh, experiences to me that, that helped me along the way. I was kind of discovered in 2003, four. Um, by a, a lovely man, Harden Miner, who was a career entertainer who ended up being my mentor. He's still a dear friend today. And he started booking me for gigs right away. He had never seen anything like what I was doing. And yeah, and that was a blessing. And, you know, when I was first getting into this in the early 2000s, it was before social media was that big of a thing. So I had to really physically go to the little hubs of where hoop dance was beginning, such as like New York City, there was a hub there. Uh, There was a hub in California. So it kind of, it spurred my first journeys to these different places to connect with these small groups of people. And yeah, just kind of plant the seeds of flow all around wherever I went. How has social media changed your experience as a performer 
Oh, my goodness. Yes, hugely. I mean, of course, uh, it's a great tool for marketing and everything else. Over the years, it's become an amazing tool of just creative connection and, and shared inspiration. I mean, the proliferation of, of Hoopers worldwide and flow arts in general has been just exponential and amazing. Yeah, so I was part of that first wave and I've been around the scene for a while. But at this point, there's so many new people coming to it all the time and bringing new movement. And it is, it's created a kind of a worldwide web, if you will, of just people with this shared joy of movement all over the world. And so you kind of feel like you have friends wherever you go. It's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering something that has intrigued me now for a few years is Mm -hmm. pole dancing as a form of exercise, (laughs) just a joyful, playful form of exercise. Mm -hmm. And I have found there's like a pole over 40 hashtag on Instagram where you can see some women. I saw one woman in her seventies who looks phenomenal doing pole. And I was like, wow. I mean, it seems dangerous, but also very intriguing. I'm wondering, is there an age limit on the kind of thing that you're doing? Like, are you seeing like much, much, much older women doing this kind of thing? Is there a fitness component to it where people are just doing it to stay in shape? Oh, there's absolutely a fitness component. Yes, yes. And that's uh, one of the cool things about the hoop in particular is that it's it's kind of, it's it's an easy thing to, to sort of become a, it's, it's a cottage industry of sorts. So there's been many people that once they start hooping, they find, oh, well, this, this can, I can create a community around myself with this. It draws friends. It draws people towards them. A lot of people will end up kind of following a similar path that I did where they'll start making and selling hoops and just sharing the joy of it wherever they are. So it has really created this web. And there are quite a few people that, that do focus on the fitness component of it. And I would say there's absolutely no age limit. Um, There's actually a really inspiring uh, woman, Pam Theobald, who is in her 60s putting out, she's prolific with instructional videos. Hoop-dee-doo, I think, is is her website. Oh, cute. Yes, yes, totally. But um, as far as pole dancing, my goodness, respect. It's it's so painful. <laughs> yes, that's what is that's what's held me back. Well, first I have the thought, what if I fell in my head? My second thought is, do I want to go through like all the bruising on your inner thighs and all of that? I don't know. I don't. I, it is pretty gorgeous, though. The the, the bodies it creates and the way it looks in the process. Speaking of gorgeous bodies, you are solid muscle. Is that from doing this work or do you have a a workout routine on the side? Uh, You know, at this point with all the different disciplines that I practice, I pretty much stay fit just from doing my art, especially once I introduced aerial dance uh, into what I do. That takes a whole, it takes a level of conditioning with upper body strength and flexibility that I have to be very diligent with that. But also another cool thing to to practice, especially right now in these strange times where everybody's uh, at home in lockdown, is handstands. Well, I started those about maybe 10 years ago, and that is such a cool practice that you can really do anywhere that you have wall space in the beginning, um, but with just your body weight. And, and that's been really, it's so focusing and strengthening. That's, it's, 
it's a lovely practice and can become really addictive once you start getting that hang time. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, this is, this is very, very interesting to me because this is the way I want to age. <laughs> that's why, <laughs> that's why I was asking you about aging. Like are older women doing this? Because I'm, I'm Absolutely. thinking of like Dow Porshan Lin. She's a ballroom dancer and a yoga instructor oh, yes. coming up on a hundred. If she hasn't passed it already, she's getting close. And I look at women like that and they look so amazing to me. I want something always to look forward to. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't ever want there to be a number where I'm like, well, I'm over the hill now. And we have all these, I think, thanks to social media, all of these amazing role models that we can look to now and be like, I've got decades ahead of me to develop this skill. Absolutely. I think we're definitely in a time of breaking through a lot of those preconceived notions about age. And, and that's just so powerful. You know, it's something that's really been held over women in particular for so long. But um, absolutely, I'd say that, you know, the hooping and the hoop dance and really any of any of the flow arts or movement arts, it's, it's definitely a fountain of youth. I think so. Just for what we were saying about that childlike joy at the very least it's yeah all the good feels (laughs) yeah and that is no small thing I love too the word flow artist because I'm obsessed with magic and to me living a really magical life day in day out is what I'm more interested in than performing one magic spell like I'm interested in staying in the flow of life and being open to the guidance of synchronicity and acknowledging what is and moving with that and when you say flow artist I think yes in life but also you know what you're doing performance wise yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, you don't need to necessarily be at, at, a, at a high level of performance to experience the benefits of it. I think these days, you know, when I was starting out, there weren't so many resources for learning. But if anyone is curious and feeling drawn to it, oh, my gosh, I just can't say enough about it. You know, you, you don't need to learn so much before you can start accessing this flow state. And it really is. It, 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 it is something that cultivate so much power within me it is definitely magic with a k for sure (laughs) yeah when i i mean i think it's one of several ways to get into a flow state and practicing a flow state in terms of art there's a book called drawing on the right side of the brain there is zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance there's one on golfing i can't think of the name of right now but anything that that you practice regularly that trains you to get into a flow state, you can take off the mat, so to speak, with you into your life. And it's, it's a little bit tricky. Have you noticed? I'm sure you have. When you're just performing impromptu, like in flow, there's a little part of your brain that wants to mess it up, you know, <laughs> and, and, and get in control of it. And then that's when it kind of falls apart and you really have to stay open and flowy. What has been your experience with that? Oh, that's so funny that you mentioned that, actually. Uh, After all these years of doing it, that is one of the things, and it makes me laugh every time. It is literally such a Zen sort of meditative state that when I'm in it, I'm in it. But if I have a moment of acknowledging 
wow, this is, this is going great. I'm doing a great job. I lose the hoop immediately, almost every time. The moment I snap out of it, which is kind of a shame because I'm working on cultivating more self-love and appreciation, but it's almost like the moment that I have that stepping out of, out of the, 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 the moment. Yeah. Out of, out of that moment in the smallest way to acknowledge wow, this is so cool. I'm doing great. It, it you know, it, it humbles me instantly. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a perfect metaphor for life, isn't Absolutely. it? The moment you get a little bit out ahead of yourself in either direction, in the past, yeah. into the future, a little judgment, whether it's good or bad, it, there you go. You just lost it. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. I love this too, for people who say they can't meditate. I think there are so many ways to meditate. The Inner Game of Tennis. That's the other book I was thinking of. There are, yeah, there's a, a lot of different ways to come at getting into a flow state. But dance by far is the most interesting to me just personally because I have that history and it's so liberating and fun and childlike, like you were saying. Yeah, you know, and one of the things I've been playing with lately, especially since I've been sort of deepening my research into occult and, and mysticism and, and really the law of attraction, you know, because that's definitely, I considered that to be part of it as well, is the idea of using that kind of gnosis flow state and using it as a portal to call in, you know, what I want to think on something that I would like to happen. I mean, it has the hoop in particular has felt magnetic always. Like it's drawn experiences and people to me that have absolutely been magical and changed my life. But now even more consciously, I'm trying to, to use that amplification of energy. Yeah. In, in a more focused way and, and having some really cool results with it. It's, it's, it's fun to play with. Oh my gosh, that's that's magic. That's witchcraft, lady. I mean, raising Absolutely. energy. This is why <laughs> witches back in the day would like, you know, gather in a coven and hold hands and dance around the circle and raise the cone of power. Like all of that is, it's, I think it's exciting where we're at now on the timeline of witchcraft, modern witchcraft is, mm-hmm. it's getting really creative and really personal and customized and I mean you're you're literally sort of well not literally but magically in a way casting a circle as well you know almost all the props I do have a very circular spiraling energy as well and there is this sort of idea of, of a boundary around you as as you're doing it which can be really yeah you know it focuses the energy it channels it and it's it's protective also and Spiral is your stage name. What is that about? There's so much I could say about it, but I won't because this is, <laughs> this is the Vivian show. So you tell me what Spiral means to you and why you use that as your stage name. You know, that was, that was such an interesting experience. Right early on when I was beginning this path, there were only a handful of people that had started doing it professionally. And at that time, as far as I knew, they were all women and they had all chosen stage names. You know, there was like Hoopalicious and Hoopnautica and these very sort of kind of fun, but sort of cheesy names, but still I, I felt like I needed to choose something. And so I was mulling things over. And then one of the first times I ever put fire on a hoop and, and did fire flaming hula hoop, a friend of mine took pictures with a long exposure and I saw the it makes kind of a double helix shape around my body. 
Ew. And when I saw the, these, these double, this double helix of fire around my body, I thought, oh, spiral, that's it, that's my name. And what was funny about that was that that's literally where that inspiration came from. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, so much of the movement has this spiraling basis to it. But it wasn't until in the ensuing months when I started to research what a spiral is and, you know, and then I came across the Fibonacci theory and the golden mean. And yeah, even again, just talking about it now, it gives me chills because once I started to realize just how the spiral pervades all of life from the micro to the macro and, and how this pattern is present in basically all living things and the movement of the cosmos and just the energy in, in our bodies. I just, I was struck. I was like, wow, this, I chose this name and this name is so big. There's such a meaning behind it. It is to me, it feels like proof of divinity or something, mm-hmm. some magic, you know, and, and, then, you know, once that dawned on me, I kind of had to chuckle that I kind of came to it in this roundabout, no pun intended, uh, way. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, it just, it has led me to greater and greater levels of just understanding of the mystery and, and mystery that I'll never understand. But yeah, it's, it, that was, that was one of many magical things along this journey. Lady, you are proof of magic. It's the, it's, it's the right name. It's the right name. I told you this would only be 20 to 30 minutes long, but I have a lot of questions. So maybe we should do a rapid fire. Would oh, you like, go for it. Go all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Because you know I'm going to end with the same question I always end with, and that can get a little <laughs> bit long. But I have a couple of just little things that keep poking at my brain that I was like, let's do this quickly. One, where are you from? I detect a little accent. Oh, I'm so glad it came through. Um, <laughs> I'm from the South, actually. I'm from North Carolina. Uh, so that's where I started. And there's kind of a little hoot mecca there in Carboro. Uh, that's where I, I started my path. But my mom is Austrian um, and my dad is American. And let's see. So I started in North Carolina. I went to circus school up in Vermont for a while. Then I moved to the Bay Area in San Francisco for about seven years. And now I'm living in Berlin. Well, that was my next question. Why are you in Berlin? (laughs) Is this a performance thing? Well, you know, I had been drawn to Berlin ever since I came to my first EJC, which is the European Juggling Convention in 2011. Um, The scene here, the circus and and, um, juggling and contemporary scene here is super inspiring. Um, And actually, speaking of manifestation, it was one of those things, once I heard about the, there's a very strong variety uh, theater scene here in Germany. And for any artist, especially performing artists, you know, contract ongoing work is something that many of us strive for because it's, it can be a much more regular living than sort of the freelance hustle, which is something I did for so long, kind of one-off gigs. And, um, you know, by, in another organic way, I ended up getting an opportunity on this German variety, uh, circuit here. So that's what I've been doing for the last three years is performing on stages here in Germany. What a thrill. How cool. Yeah. How cool. Okay. So the other question is give us your Instagram account lady. Cause I know that's a hub for you, for you actually post videos there and really cool photos. So how do people find you on Instagram? 
Cool. Yeah. I'm Vivian underscore spiral. Uh, I think it's underscore. Actually, maybe I just uh, combined it to Vivian spiral, but if you look for me, I'm the only one or I should be (laughs) Vivian spiral. Well, I'm going to link to everything so people can follow the links. I'm going to link to your YouTube channel because there's one video there that I think is really interesting called they're all interesting called the magic of long string wand instructional video. That mm. is way cool to get a little <laughs> behind the scenes peek at that. But the, all the videos are truly, truly awesome. And I'm going to link to your website because I want people to really connect with the visual of what we're talking about here. Because, you know, like I said, when you're like, oh, I'm doing a circus thing or, or I'll do a performance. I was like, oh, that sounds cute and fun. How nice. How nice. No, 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 no. Not nice. Not cute. <laughs> definitely fun but but like mind blowing so I want I want to blow people's minds and make sure that they get over to Instagram or YouTube to see what you're actually doing on video oh goodness thank you yes I'd be honored if, if folks would check it out Mm-hmm. and then my final question is can you please share with us one tip it could be any old thing, preferably having to do with magic or movement, one tip for creating the kick-ass life of your dreams? You know, I would say I these days in the last few years, maybe it's become a bit overused, but I have to quote Joseph Campbell um, with follow your bliss. For me, that's been huge. And, and with the caveat that follow your bliss doesn't mean that you need to turn every passion into your full-time job. In fact, I think that can really often take the bliss away <laughs> from something. Yeah. But really to, to just stay open to what calls you, you know, and, and, and to pay attention to that. And it was because of that and me staying open to something as crazy as, oh, wow, I just discovered this giant hula hoop. There's nobody else really making this a job, but I think I'm going to try to do it because I I don't want to be behind a desk. And so, yeah, just, just listening to that voice, listening to those nudges from the universe, I think it's so important, you know, and often if, if you tell yourself, oh no, I can't do that, or, oh no, that'll look silly or, you know, it's, we just live in such an amazing time right now, especially with like YouTube university, you know, you can learn almost anything, uh, if you really want to. So even if it's something that you've put off for so long, I think just, just, yeah, allow yourself to explore it and listen to that, that cosmic voice that's tapping you on the shoulder there. This was so good. I'm so excited to get to share this on the podcast. Thank you so much, Vivian. I loved this. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Joanne. And thank you for what you do. You have really just inspired me immensely as well. I'm really grateful for your work. You're all running over to Instagram right now, aren't you? (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth it. Isn't she cool? Wait till you see what she does. If you have not yet seen what she does. It's as awesome as I say it is. You're going to love it. She's pretty amazing. And she wrote to me after I mentioned before the interview that that she has a shop where she actually sells tutorials and like digital downloads where you can learn how to do what she does, which if you're going to learn, you might as well learn from a master. But I'm going to read something that she also wrote in that email. She wrote, I neglected to mention just how inclusive 
the practice and community are. When you asked whether older women did it, I should have said absolutely all ages, sizes, and genders. I totally forgot to emphasize that men are very much welcome and present in the hoop community as well. So I just wanted to tag that on to the end here to say everybody is welcome. All shapes and sizes and colors and genders can hoop can flow. (laughs) Also, you know, I record these interviews on Zoom, and then I record the part you're listening to right now on GarageBand, and I don't have the skills to make them match up. I try. I try, but you know, it is what it is. Wabi-sabi, Todd, if you're listening. (laughs) Wabi-sabi. It is perfectly imperfect. (sighs) Ah. I hope that you all are taking excellent care of yourselves in what is one of the weirdest years of our lives. 2020 is one for the record books for sure. Stay safe. Until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.